From Finance and Commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers. I'm David Bolander, editor of Finance and Commerce. Thanks so much for joining. Beyond the Skyline is sponsored by Ironmark Building Company. Whether it's a new luxury apartment building in the North Loop or expanding the community in the suburbs, Ironmark builds quality projects for discerning clients. Ironmark's foundation is built on a culture of collaboration with clients and projects that stand the test of time. Talk to Ironmark's award-winning team about your next construction project today. Go to ironmarkbuildingco.com. In this episode, Norhart CEO Mike Kading talks to FNC reporter J.D. Duggan. Kading speaks about his ambitious goal of driving down construction costs by bringing components in-house and about the impact he hopes Norhart can have on the world. Hey, today we have Mike Kading, CEO of Norhart, a one-stop apartment development operation that's trying to rethink multifamily development. Hey, Mike, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Happy, happy to have you on. Um, so first, tell me a bit about Norhart and how you how you got into this role and into this industry. Yeah, at a high level, we design, build, and rent apartments, but we're really focused on driving down the cost of housing to someday hopefully solve America's housing affordability crisis. Uh, I got into the business. It was originally a family business. My parents started it. And I can remember taking trips out to the local hardware store. We'd fill up our car and our carts full of materials, head on back and build these small apartment buildings throughout the summer. Uh, I grew up with it and then went off to college and wanted nothing to do with the family business because, you know, deep down, I didn't want people to think it was given to me. So I wrestled with my own ego through that uh, and eventually realized what I really wanted was to make some kind of meaningful, positive impact on the world. And I I saw that I could take this small business and make it into something larger where we could actually have that impact by solving housing affordability. Awesome. Yeah, I like that. So tell me about that. How are you guys doing things differently? Yeah. Uh, if you look at other industries, I guess really simply, you can apply technologies and techniques from other industries and put it into our own. If you look at manufacturing, for example, over the past 60 years, They've improved labor productivity by 760%. Agriculture has improved by 1,500%. But the world of construction has done virtually nothing at just 10%. So if we take some lessons from those other industries and do our own, we can have a meaningful impact. To give you some sense of that, the world of construction is, is typically fairly segmented. Not every company does it this way, but you typically have a different subcontractors, different job contractors, different owners for the building. And if if a construction company were to produce cars, you'd have a different company installing the windshield, a different company installing the door, and a different company installing the wheel. And then the wheel company, of course, would get delayed on another project and they couldn't come out for two weeks. And when they did come out, they'd be irate because they could only work on one car at a time. See, the world of manufacturing looks at construction and like laughs <laughs> because they're shocked at like how inefficient the system really is. And so once we bring all that work under one roof, we can do some really simple things. For example, the the assembly line. See, that transformed manufacturing. But how in the heck can you do that to construction? You can't take a building and drive it down the line. 
But what you can do is you can take the person and move it through the building. And so right now, all of our teams actually shift through the building every five hours to a new apartment unit. And just that one technique can take a project that might take 15 months and drive it down to nine. But there are 10,000 little things like that that we work to solve to drive down construction costs. Yeah. Um, so is this, I mean, are you doing modular housing or how does it differ from that? Yeah. So there are full volumetric modular facilities. We don't do full volumetric. What we've learned in talking to those facilities is they actually don't have a lower cost point. Their selling point is just a speed to market, right? They've got all the units done. You can build the building faster, which does lower interest costs a little bit. Um, Really, we're trying to optimize for, for for overall cost. And so right now, our, we're more like a kit of parts. And so we actually produce wall panels, for example, in our factories. Uh, we produce precast concrete in facilities. We're looking at expanding that and producing cabinets and other components in factory settings and then delivering them on site as, as a kit of parts. We also have engineering uh, and architecture all under one roof. And so they design the buildings, not just to high quality, but also for constructability which is something you don't often see in the industry. Yeah. So what all have you moved in-house? What are all of the kind of various operations that Norhard does? Virtually everything. So uh, we do the property management with owners. Uh, we also do the general contracting and the development work. So the finding sites and that sort of thing. Uh, and coordinating construction. We have all the trades, the so plumbing, electrical, HVAC, drywall, excavation, um, all of that. And then uh, we've also moved a little bit into manufacturing. And so the pre, uh, the wall panels, for example, uh, the concrete, we're looking at also doing cabinets and a variety of other things. And we also have supply chain and sourcing in-house too. So delivery of some of those components we handle. Um, we have people in China and in Mexico that actually source materials directly. And we're actually looking at building a plant in Mexico to uh, construct some of those com components. Really cool. Um, it seems like maybe, I don't know, but bringing everything in-house like this was, sounds like it was a big gamble when, when that decision was made. Um, why were you so confident in this process? Was it a big gamble? How is that paying off? Yeah, it, you know, it was a gamble. Uh, I remember some of the first things we started to bring in-house it partly came out, frankly, out of necessity. Uh, we were working on a project and the plumbers came to us and said, yeah, we've been working with you for a number of years, the same sort of building. Unfortunately, we're gonna have to triple our bid this year. Like what, how do we handle this? And uh, we went around and asked others and it was true, that's where the market had had, but I just couldn't afford to pay it. Um, and so what we did instead then is I bought a bunch of plumbing books. And we ended up hiring a, a master plumber and a lot of people that didn't know what they were doing. We were new at it and we just tried. And frankly, it was a struggle, right? We failed in many ways in that first year. We weren't any less expensive. Um, but after getting through that, after getting past that hump, getting the right team in place, getting all the infrastructure done, then it did start driving down costs. And not only did it start driving down costs, but there are other hidden things that you add value to. For example, I've seen it on construction sites where one trade will rip out the work of another trade, right? Because they're just upset that it's in their way, right? Or drywallers, uh, a good example, where they, they want an entire floor cleared out and just empty so they can get in there and do all their work. They're optimizing for themselves rather than the whole system. 
So yeah, we save money on the trade itself because we don't have to pay that profit margin, but we also start improving the efficiency of the whole system. Yeah. So how big is your operation at this point? Uh, yeah, we're about a $200 million company with about 250 employees, um, constructing about 500 units per year. That's true. Um, so why do you, do you have any thoughts on why other construction or development companies haven't taken this approach? Yeah, a couple. Um, I think there are some really great construction companies out there that are pushing and paving the way in many areas. But I also think there's a variety of companies that it's, you know, the industry is a little bit like, this is how I've always done it. Like my dad did it this way. My granddad did it this way. And by golly, I'm doing it this way and just get out of my way. Right. It's, there's almost sort of a I don't know, rough and tumble or kind of almost a negative kind of alter to a lot of construction groups that, that we just don't want. So I think that sparks a little bit of being stuck in a, a certain way. I think the other part of it is it's just really hard. Uh, Elon Musk talks about how it's hard to produce a car, but it is 10 to 100 to 1,000 times harder to, to produce a system that builds cars. In many ways, the construction industry is producing individual cars over and over again. But to build an infrastructure, a whole system that can produce buildings at a low cost point because you've designed it all out, really freaking hard. Yeah. Do you have any idea of what the impact has been, what savings you're making, how successful? it's been to bring it all in-house? Yeah, so we're right now, we're about 20 to 30% less in construction costs compared to other developers doing very similar projects. And we, we cross-reference that against actual contractor costs and also just through appraisals and things of that nature. Um, and I think, just given where I'm seeing things head, I think we can get it down over time to 50% reduction. It's wow. it's 10,000 little problems though. It's, it's little things. For example, um, one of the team, like every week right now, all of our teams produce videos that show off little improvements that they made. And our goal is to make little two second improvements, but those things compound. And so one video I saw recently was uh, one of the teams just simply cleaned out their pod, right? They went in every day and for a minute or two had to wrestle to find their stuff in their pod. But now it's super organized and they can get right to what they need to. It's just a lot of little stuff like that that makes the big difference in the end. Yeah. Um, do you, you and I talked, uh, I think it was your Cottage Grove project, right? Um, um, and I think you were talking about it, kind of an expected trajectory of growth. Do you, what do you, what do you think is kind of your, your growth trajectory in the coming years? Yeah. So in the next 10 years, our goal is to reach 192,000 units under management and a 60,000 unit per year construction pace, which is crazy. But the reality is we've been doubling in size more or less every year. The magic, at least financially, is the fact that our costs are lower means that typically we can get banks to fund the majority, or if not all, of projects. There's a lot that goes into that to make that a reality, but then financially we're no longer restricted. The key constraint to our growth is the rate at which we hire and find incredible people, because that's the key to all of it, is having the best people. Yeah. What really, I mean, what really inspired this? What, what was it? Was it the plumbing thing that when you're like, all right, we're going to just bring this in house and why don't we do that with the rest of it? Or what set you on this path of wanting to change how, how you're doing things? You know, my dad died at a relatively young age. And what happened through that for me is I realized how short life really is. 
And I don't want to get to the end of my life and people just shovel $100 bills in my grave. Like, who cares about the money? Really, what I want is I want to make some kind of meaningful impact in the world, right? And so I struggled for a while understanding what that could be for me in my life. But what I've realized now is we could actually have a meaningful impact on housing affordability. It takes a, takes a decade. It takes a lifetime to make that a reality. But for me, at least, that's what sparked and drove me to focus that way. And my whole life has now been aligned to making that a reality. Yeah. Awesome. Now, uh, tell me a bit about your portfolio. What kind of uh, projects are you guys working on? What are some things you're excited about? Yeah, our latest project that's under construction is incredible. It's uh, Norhart Oakdale, uh, where we have... The gold line here in the Twin Cities is stopping right at the front door. It's a two-story entrance that's the entire width of the building of floor-to-ceiling glass. There's a restaurant, coffee shop, uh, co-working space up on third floor. We have thousands of square feet of amenity space, including a movie room, a workout facilities, art studios, and more. Up on fourth floor, we have a spa, a sauna, uh, exercise facility, a pool. And then up on the roof, we have rooftop, patio, and grill. We have views of Minneapolis and St. Paul. And then we have penthouse suites with uh, 22-foot-high ceilings, floor-to-ceiling windows. It's it's incredible. It pushes the envelope. And what's really neat is we're starting now to hire on. We have a whole architect and engineering team. But we have a whole designing team now, too. And one of the guys on our designing team, Steve Jobs announces the iPhone in 2007. He walks off stage and our employee follows Steve Jobs on that stage following that presentation to present some stuff related to Apple. It's just incredible. And see, when you get people of that kind of caliber, they change things. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you see others around the metro um, pushing the envelope in any way? Oh, yeah. Uh, so others are working on volumetric uh, construction. I think that's incredible. It's been fun to watch them grow. Uh, <clears throat> I think there are certain groups that are doing just incredible work when it comes to like the design feel experience for the resident. Um, I think there's other groups that are like just focused on growth and they're seeing some great growth and success. I don't, some of those groups, I little, I worry a little bit about where their heart is, the integrity part of it, but there's a lot that are doing great things. It's just fun to watch them. There's another one that's like um, they're designing they're working on some kind of cool technology to improve the construction process as well. It's been fun to see. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, Mike, you're, you're detailed and concise. I don't really uh, think I have any other questions. I know you wanted to talk about uh, Zero to Unicorn. Is that what it's called? Your podcast? Um, tell me about that. Yeah. So uh, we have a new podcast that just launched this week. It's called Zero to Unicorn. It's about the journey of small business growing to a billion dollar enterprise and really exploring what that's really like, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And uh, in episode one, we share about how we lost literally everything. And we got to the point where my dad was kidnapped in Peru. Kind of a crazy story. Um, but it's been fun to see that come together. And then we also have a new investment platform where people are interested in getting involved financially. Uh, we're launching that as well. And you can see both by visiting our website, norhart.com. That's N-O-R-H-A-R-T. And clicking on shows for a variety of shows, including our podcast and invest to learn more about that. Yeah. What a teaser to get people uh, interested. Um, 
Yeah. Well, like I said, I don't have any other questions. Was there anything else you wanted to add that I didn't ask about? I think the I think the one most important thing for business leaders or people around uh, the community to remember or to know is that it really takes incredible people. I think a lot of the world of construction, we we miss that aspect. We miss the people part, the culture part. But for us, we pour a ton of time into hiring the best people, building the right kind of culture. Because once you do that, once you have that kind of caliber of person, they change things. They unlock doors. They make things possible that you didn't realize were possible. They start reinventing an industry to focus on solving housing affordability. And so it really, it really is the people. And I wish I could just bring them all here and show them off because they're the ones making the difference. Yeah. Great send off. Thank you so much for taking the time, Mike. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care.